All right, Thursday night, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing good. Be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Just a couple quick thoughts on the Speaker of the House situation. I'm leaning, of course, towards Jim Jordan. Do it, people are like, are you a big fan or whatever? Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm really not a big fan of anybody, but I am a fan. I don't trust anybody up there. Jim Jordan voted to increase the debt ceiling. I mean, how, how much of a big fan can I be? You know, so did Marjorie Taylor Greene, Thomas Massey, people that I all used to, uh, used to follow them all on social media. I don't anymore. I still like them for, you know, when they do the right thing. You know, I'll acknowledge them when they do the right thing. But how you vote for an increase in the debt ceiling when we are $33 trillion in debt. And as you've heard me say over the last three podcasts, we went from $31 trillion to $33 trillion in a month and a half. So everybody knows we were $31 trillion. I mean, $31 trillion in June. And by mid-September, we were $33 trillion in debt. You remember how it used to be where you would like, you'd be like, you know, during the Trump administration, you're $26 trillion in debt. You know, 18, 19, 20 months later, you'd cross into $27 trillion. At least, at least it was a year, 18 months. No longer, not under the Biden administration. It only takes you a month and a half, two months to go from $31 trillion to $33 trillion. Now, and that's because there is no debt ceiling. And, and a lot of those Democrats, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying all this for a reason. A lot of those Republicans who claim to be conservatives, they not only increase the debt ceiling. Now, why would you increase the debt ceiling? Why would they always say, well, that's money that's already been allocated? It doesn't, who cares if it's been allocated? Cut it. doesn't matter whether it's been allocated or well, there's bills that we already owe. Well, you know what? We'll owe them later. We'll pay them later. We'll pay them off the tax dollars to come in this year, whatever it may be. You don't need to raise, continue to raise the debt ceiling, which a lot of these Republicans did, including Jim Jordan, Thomas Massey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and many of the others, Steve Scalise, many of the others, and all of them really that are up for Speaker of the House right now, all voted for that. And they didn't, they didn't just vote to increase the debt ceiling. They voted to eliminate the debt ceiling, the discussion of the debt ceiling, until January of 2025. That's a, that's a weird little date, isn't it? That's a very, the very uh, conspicuous date, is it not? Because that's exactly when the election would be over. And the new president would be inaugurated in 2025. So they, they took it off of, of, of our strategic plate that we can use against Joe Biden. They took it off. Very strange. And how was that deal orchestrated? That was orchestrated by Kevin McCarthy sending home all the Republicans and secretly meeting with the Biden administration without anybody knowing and giving them, giving them every single concession they wanted, which is what McCarthy just did. Well, Tom, you're like, you know, there's only eight Republicans. Brian Kilmeade's all upset. Newt Gingrich is all upset. Mark Levin is all upset that that uh, Matt Gates has toppled over the apple cart. Well, who gives a crap? This is exactly what needs to happen. This is what you say when people don't want you to wear a mask. On the freaking congressional floor, you say they want you to wear a mask. You say no. You don't put on your mask dutifully like every single Republican did and take their vaccine just about, not every single Republican, but for all intents and purposes, Thomas Massey being an exception, all the Republicans took their dutifully took their vaccine so they could so they could enter the congressional or Senate floor. You have to stand eventually. You have to say absolutely not. No more. No more uh, continuing resolutions. No more CRs. No more appropriations. No more omnibus. Does everybody realize? Do you guys realize in this room right now, Aaron and Will? Do you realize that we have not passed a budget since 1996, 1998? One of those two. Do you guys realize wow. that we haven't passed a budget? It's just one continuing resolution after another. One omnibus spending package. What's an omnibus spending package? It's not a budget. Right. It's basically a giant lump sum. In other words, we bring in about $5 trillion a year. 
It was $4 trillion. When we were bringing in $4 trillion, we were spending $5.5 trillion. Now that we're bringing in $5 trillion, we're spending $6.8 trillion. This is what we're doing. Omnibus is just a giant spending bill. It's not a budget. It's not a balancing of the budget. It's just a giant spending bill. And it's lumped on all these congressional, um, the, the deaths of, of congressmen and women about f- three, four, seven, eight hours before they have to vote to, to, uh, to approve or disapprove it. And here's the, what they do with these bills constantly is they'll go, okay, you know what? They, they put on these different hangers onto these bills, whether it's omnibus or anything else, which is why what Matt Gates is, what Matt Gates is trying to advocate for right now, that what he's trying to get people to go for is basically single subject bills, which is what we need. Yeah. Because otherwise what they do is they put on these little hanging chads onto these bills all the time. Whereas basically, okay, you know what? If you're a Republican, we will vote to, let's say, um, a Republican thing. I'm trying to think of something Republican. I don't know what Republicans stand for anymore. Outside of some of them are pro-life or whatever. They'll, they'll vote, okay, you know, we're going to reduce, we're going to reduce the, they never reduce spending. We'll reduce the rate of increase of spending. But along with that, in order for you to sign on for that, then you have to vote to fund Planned Parenthood to the tune of $600 million. Right. So you have to vote for both. And if you don't vote for both, then they'll say, well, you know, we tried to reduce spending and the Republicans wouldn't vote for it. Does that make sense, Aaron? Yeah. yeah. All right, there you go. That's what they do. That's what omnibus spending is. Go ahead, Aaron. You got uh, something? I was just going to say, that's what they did with the whole when they were blaming Republicans for defunding the police is because Republicans wouldn't vote for a certain oh, yeah, part of that's that. A, right, right. That, that, yeah. That's a great example. I'm glad you thought of something. I couldn't think of anything yeah. else. No, that's exactly what they do. So they, 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 they put in these like community policing bills where they're, and they're not even, they're not even towards policing. They're basically community funding that could go towards policing right. at the discretion of a blue mayor of a democratic party mayor who has been defunding the police for generations. But they'll say that it could be used for policing. Attached to that is the slaughtering of the unborn. Attached to that is funding Voldemar, author- authoritarian dictator uh, Zelensky. And if you do, if you vote if you vote you don't want to vote to fund Zelensky. You don't want to fund to uh, for, uh, uh, transgender surgeries. If you don't want to vote to fund abortions, then you also. Then they'll say, you know, we voted against it because you're wanting you're wanting to fund Zelensky, you're wanting to fund the Ukraine war, you're wanting to fund abortions, you're you're wanting to fund transgender surgeries, you want to fund the the cancellation of student debt. And the Republicans go, absolutely not. And then they'll say, well, that see, you didn't vote to you voted to defund the police. We were looking to give them money, and you voted to not give them money. That's the games that are played. It's called the Potomac Two Step. That's what they do. And these giant omnibus spending packages are not budgets. They're trillions over the, t- the, the amount of tax revenue that's brought in. And they only give it to them a few hours before they have to vote on it. And then they have to vote in that convoluted way that I just illustrated. That's how it works. That's, that is this country. And what Matt Gates has said is absolutely not. We're not going to do this anymore. See, I started off, I wasn't even yelling. I was trying to do a <laughs> podcast without yelling the entire time. I just can't seem to pull it off. So what Matt Gates is saying, you know what? Enough is enough. $33 trillion in debt. $225 million, get this guys, a day is going to the Ukraine. $220, $225 million a day since the commencement of the war has been going to the Ukraine from the United States government. Told you we're slated to spend 200, we're up to $113 billion that we've sent so far. And remember, each billion is a thousand millions. Remember that? 
And we're slated to give over $200 billion into the Ukraine war. It's $113, million, $113 billion so far. And what Matt Gates is saying is let's just vote single, uh, single subject votes. Okay, bring up Planned Parenthood, $600 million. Everybody vote on the record. Yeah. That's what should, that's a democracy. Yeah. That's a constitutional republic. Singles, not tying it. Okay, Planned Parenthood, you either, you know, you put, we're going to, you have the save the puppies fund on one side and killing babies fund on the other. And they're all part of one package. Which one are you going to choose? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to vote against killing people, but now I'm, I'm voting against saving puppies. Yeah. That's what they do. That and Matt Gates trying to eliminate it and see all of these swampers like Newt Gingrich, like Mark Levin sad because they say good things too. Yeah. And, and numerous others, of course I could name. They're all, you know, Kilmeade's getting roasted on justifiably so on social media for his attack of one of the eight uh, Republicans that stood against it. Dem- uh, Tennessee con- uh, Congressman, I can't remember his name right now, begins with a B. But um, he attacked him, you know, just, I mean, just vehemently attacked him on Fox News Live. And they're just, and I'm like, okay, what do, what do you want done? Just to go ahead and do another CR? So, we, you know, Lord forbid that, the government is shut down. Who cares? What's the, let me ask all the people. There's 548 people that are on right now. Let me ask you, write one thing the federal government has ever done for you. Not local government, federal government. Name one thing the federal government has ever done for you. Social Security doesn't count because you pay for that. Medicaid doesn't count. You pay for that. Yep. They're not doing anything for you. And anything that they do, 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 do is correct when you're talking about the federal government. <laughs> what they do, do for you, you pay for anyway. So it's time, these people, they're like, how dare you take out Kevin McCarthy? Kevin McCarthy just went behind closed doors again and had a secret deal with the Biden administration, giving them the CR, giving them everything they want again, all, you know, Ukraine funding and everything else. Kevin McCarthy gets the same, he gets, he gets bought and paid for by the same Sequoia Capital as the Biden administration, as many Democrats. He lives with Democratic Party pollster Frank Luntz. They share a condo in Washington, D.C. with a Democrat. Kevin McCarthy is playing the role of Republicans, uh, of a Republican, to usher forward the globalist leftist agenda. That's all he's playing the role. So that you think it's the same narrative that I talk about all the time here, that fake synergistic tension, where you believe that there's people in D.C. that are actually fighting for you. It's an illusion so that they can actually usher. Kevin McCarthy has to hold that seat because if he doesn't hold that seat, you will elect a true Republican there yep. because there's enough true Republicans in that district, even though it's California to vote in a true Republican. So he has to hold that seat and you're like, well, he does some conservative things. He has to do some conservative things to hold that seat. If he just went all out and voted all Pelosi, then you'd vote him out. It's the same thing with Marco Rubio. It's the same thing with John Cornyn. It's the same thing with Rob Portman, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, and most other Republicans. They are holding those seats so that you don't put a legit conservative in there. They're fooling you into believing that, you're le- that they're legit conservative. And I know that for the 586 that are watching right now that you're not fooled, but many people are. They have to hold that seat so that at least they can usher forward the globalist leftist agenda because they're all leftists. Lindsey Graham's a leftist. Mitch McConnell's a leftist. Marco Rubio's a leftist. They are. They're leftist. And Newt Gingrich is a leftist. How in the world would you justify a continuing resolution with $33 trillion in debt when Matt Gates is saying, you know what? Hold. 
Let's start cutting spending. You're wondering why your grocery costs have gone up 20% under the Biden administration? Why they've gone up that much? And I have some statistical data. We're starting off with talking all Biden here in just a second. The reason why is, is because you have too much cash chasing goods. They're printing the money. They're printing the money to send to Ukraine. You're like, well, at least it's going over. It doesn't, any, any U.S. currency, it doesn't matter where they send it. You are still held accountable for it via inflation. It's the amount of American dollars. That's why you have this, uh, it's not, it's, uh, what's it called? It's not, it's not Blex. It's the India, China, Argentina. It's, oh. it's like Blexit. It's not Blexit, though. It's where they're exiting. They're going on the gold standard. China and Russia are all in this together. See if you can find that area. Yeah, I'm looking gold, at it. It's the, they're, all exiting, they're, they're all exiting the U.S. dollar as, as the world's de, uh, um, as the world's currency for all intents and purposes. They're leaving that. The reason being is, is the U.S. currency is being devalued. So these countries are leaving it because the Fed is printing trillions of dollars. And I've said this before. 50% of the current currency right now that's out being used, that's being used right now, that's in circulation, was printed under the Biden administration. I mean, you need to understand that. 50% of U.S. dollars, and I'm talking about all dollars, whether it's the one all the way to, to the 100, 50% of those dollars were printed under the Biden administration that are currently in circulation right now. Yeah, bricks, bricks it. Yeah, bricks it. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, bricks. Yeah, brick. It's called bricks, but people are putting an exit on the end of it. Bricks it. That's that's all these countries that are leaving. It's all on purpose because you have to get rid of the United States. The people that are part of bricks it are not righteous people. They're part of trying to devalue the U.S. dollar so you can crush the U.S. economy so that Klaus Schwab and Beijing can take over the world under a global global new world order, a one world commerce system with a singular access point. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. It's all on purpose. And Matt Gates, somebody has stamped Brazil, Aaron puts it up. Brazil, Russia, India, I put Argentina there, I was wrong. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South, uh, South Africa, um, and there's other countries that are currently in negotiation with Brexit too. Yeah. And they're, they're, the good part about it is they're going to use the gold standard. The bad part about it is going to be manipulated because if anybody manipulates their currency more than the Democratic Party, it would be the CCP. Yeah. CC, I mean, they're, hey, listen, there's block after block after block. People talk about the robustness of the Chinese economy. It is not robust. It's actually in a severe depression. They, they have, I mean, we, we, we put it on the podcast. They had tanks sitting out in front of banks, tanks and banks. Yeah. Tanks sitting out of banks because people were not allowed to go in and take their money out of the, out of the banks. They weren't allowed to take their money out of the, out of, they weren't allowed to make withdrawals out of the banks. They have, they have, they have block after block after block of empty buildings. Their real estate, their real estate economy has crashed to the ground. They just manipulate their currency constantly. And I would give you a more detailed explanation of that, but I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. So I follow some other people. Peter St. Ange, people like that can follow them on Twitter. They're fantastic. All right, let's go to the Biden administration. And let me just tell you, it's time for everybody to stand. Matt Gates is making a stand. You have to say no more spending at some point. Well, you might get voted out. Here's the thing. People always say, well, if I do this, I'm going to get voted out. Well, what's the point of you standing there if you're going to continue to usher the globalist narrative forward? Exactly. You might as well get voted out, right? What's the point? And I've said this a thousand times. What's the point of electing an electable Republican if they're going to go vote as a Democrat? You might as well try for the true conservative. That's not a quote-unquote electable. You might as well try for it. And if you are legitimately conservative, you know why a lot of these electable Republicans don't get elected? 
It's because people like me are not energized about it. I'll go vote for a Republican. Listen, no matter what, whoever wins the Republican nomination for president this time, I'm going to vote for him. If I have to hold my nose and hold back vomit and vote for Nikki Haley, I'll do it. Of course, I want Trump number one, DeSantis number two, and it's very close for me. Those two are very close. Trump had some bad weeks. DeSantis etched up closer because before, it really wasn't that close for me. It's closer now. I'm watching the race closely. I'll see how it goes, but I'm still Trump number one. And then DeSantis is very close to number two, and the rest of them are absolutely, as Steve Bannon calls them, <laughs> Keebler elves, and have no chance whatsoever anyway. But that's why, that's why they couldn't stand Trump, is that Trump finally made a stand. Gates is making a stand. And they're, they're worried about, about turning over the apple cart. They're, they're worried about disruption. And, and, and some of them are calling, they're not calling it an insurrection, I can't remember, the incursion or something yeah. like that. They're calling it something like that. I can't remember, it's not the right word either. But... That's what Kilmeade called it, an incursion or something. I can't remember what the word was. But you have to stand for what's right because what's the purpose of you being there? You could, we could lose the house. Okay, we lose the house. And everything that happens while we don't own the house is happening while we do own the house. So why does it matter if we lose the house? We won the house and we went from... $31 trillion in debt in June to $33 trillion in debt in September, basically skipping $32 trillion. If I said it wrong, $31 trillion in June, $33 trillion in September, we basically skipped $32 trillion. That was all under Republican leadership. That could have all been defunded. The Congress owns the person. Well, if you defund it, people will get mad and not vote you back in. Well, what's the point of having you there if you're going to usher in $33 trillion worth of debt? How is that conservative? So are these people genuinely conservative? Absolutely not. All right, let's go to the Biden administration. Paul Sperry tweet. Now let's go to the FBI. Breaking, FBI's field office knew on, on October 23rd, 2020, 2020, that Hunter Biden's laptop emails, texts were legitimate and not disinformation as they warned Twitter, Facebook, because on February, the, 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 the because uh, an FBI 302 reveals agents obtained a flash drive of those same messages from his partner, Bobolinsky's three phones. So Bobolinsky had matching emails, <laughs> matching text messages on his phone. So they knew that was Hunter Biden's, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, listen, you need to understand this. This is not just, you know, a casual campaigning. These are felonious crimes committed by people who are arresting people for fake felonious crimes. That's a fact. These are, these are crimes, felonious crimes, being committed by the FBI, the Federal Bureau of, in, of Instigation, who are arresting people for com allegedly committing felonious crimes. What do you mean, Tom? Very simple. The FBI knew via the 302s, which are their witness statements, their sworn witness statements. If you don't know anything about law enforcement, law cop right here, 25 years, 1992, 2017, Sarasota County Sheriff's Office. Google it right now and you'll, find, you'll see my picture there, just in case you're doubting me. Witness statements, sworn witness statements, you sign on the bottom, that's what I did. Some of them are sworn, some of them, some of them are not. But if you do it as a law enforcement officer, basically, if you, if you're either be, you'll be fired or if you use them in a trial, you're perjuring yourself. Which, of course, you know, whether, whether the 302s are felonious or not doesn't matter. What is felonious is this. They interfered in an election. So you have the FBI interfering in an election and then going and arresting people for interfering in an election. 
That's what's happening. The FBI was the FBI knew October 23rd, 2020, that the Hunter Biden laptop was legit. Then you had CIA operatives working inside of the CIA, working inside the Intel office in DC, working inside of the FBI, coagulating 51 former Intel chiefs to say that the, that this was Russian disinformation. That was well after October 23rd, 2020. Well after. So you have that. And then you have the FBI knowing that the Hunter laptop is absolutely legit. It is Hunter Biden's. And there's numerous felonies on the laptop, which they completely disregarded and never investigated. Child sex stuff, human trafficking stuff, gun charges, maybe some pedophilia sort of stuff. Whatever it is, I haven't seen it. I don't know. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crimes on that. Obvious influence peddling. Obviously, obvious government corruption. Obvious where you've got Robert L. Peters sending Hunter Biden emails, not Robert L. Peters being the, being the vice president of the United States, on his laptop. See, then you have, so the FBI knows that it's Hunter Biden's, and they go and they meet, and remember, it's weekly, weekly with Facebook, weekly with Twitter, weekly with YouTube, telling them this is Russian disinformation. They'll all say, we never said the laptop was. No, they said, there's a story coming out. Mm-hmm. That Twitter took down under Jack Dorsey. Twitter from the New York freaking post, the second oldest paper in the United States of America. Miranda Devine posted it. There's, so they'll always say, it's always that sort of, they, they claim plausible deniability, but there, there's nothing plausible about their denials. So they, they'll say, you know, we never said that it was the Hunter Biden laptop that we were calling Russian disinformation. They were just saying, there's a news story that's about to come out that we're going to cancel. And you need to be aware that it's, it's possibly Russian disinformation. They knew it wasn't. So they, were in, they didn't want that story to come out because they wanted Joe Biden to be elected so he would perpetuate the swamp of which the FBI is nothing more than the Gestapo for the Democratic Party and the Gestapo for the establishment inside of Washington, D.C. To preserve the establishment swamp, which includes rhinos, in Washington, D.C. The FBI will send you to prison for it, to keep that swamp established. They'll send you to prison for decades and sleep like babies at night. Sleep like babies at night, sensing you to prison for a decade to keep the establishment swamp flowing. They'll do it. So they knew the entire time. These, that's the felonious crime. You can't interfere in an election. You can't interfere in an election. The FBI did that. They did it purposefully so that they could continue the establishment swamp. So they could perpetuate the establishment swamp themselves. You you want to talk about the brown shirts and the, and the Gestapo, where you're supposed to have these non-biased police agencies, non-biased judges. That's all gone now. It's gone. The FBI is nothing more than the Federal Bureau of Instigation. And all states have the right to kick the FBI out of your state. Just turn everything over to sheriff's offices and police stations. Kick them out. There's no reason. The the, the the FBI, I believe, if I get the, my data right, I have Aaron look. I've had Aaron look this up before. I think it was started in 1913. Yeah, I knew Aaron would remember. He just shouted out a "Yep." So 1913. So from 1776 till 1913, we were just fine without the FBI. Mm-hmm. We're fine without them now. Don't need the FBI. You don't. You're like Tom. We need. You can have multi-jurisdictional task forces if you're trying to track down. FBI is only supposed to be doing investigations inside the United States. The sheriff's office that I was a part of, Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, always had multi-jurisdictional task forces. And if you want to start over again and have some sort of federal law enforcement, I'm fine with it. 
But just like the mound, it, when you have federal law enforcement, it is very bound to be corrupted. The RCMP inside of Canada, inside of Canada, inside of Canada, is absolutely corrupt and was arresting people for not wearing masks, not having vaccine passports, arrested Archer Pulaski, all of that. They're useless, absolutely useless. You want to try it? You can try it. But when it's federal law enforcement, you better watch out because they easily turn into the Brown Shirt Gestapo. So there, there's that on that. And this is all new. This, you might be thinking we talked enough about the laptop. Listen, when stuff comes out that's new, we've got to talk about it because all of these people need to be prosecuted. We need to find out who was meeting with Facebook. We'll, they're, they're, it's going to be there. They have to dispatch themselves out. These are all logged calls. These are all logged visits. We need to find out who was doing this. And I'm talking about rank and file. I don't care if they were just like Nuremberg trials. I was just following orders. It doesn't matter. If you, it doesn't matter that you were following orders and you're trying to, to keep your job. It doesn't matter. If you're going to violate the Constitution to keep your job, you're a criminal. Yep. I don't care if you're following orders or not. I don't care if you're rank and file FBI. I don't care. If you, if you, you knew that you went there. You knew you went there to perpetuate a lie. You knew it. And you are interfering in an election. You need to be prosecuted. You need to be prosecuted for interfering in an election. Just like all these people with fake ballots. It's always Democrats. Fake ballots in the trunk of cars. That's why Ken Paxton. That's why he was impeached inside of Texas. Because he was prosecuting people for campaign interference. For election interference. And now you can't. Now they've made it so when they got him out for a brief period of time. Now they've made, Now he's back. He won. But now they made it where it's impossible to prosecute election fraud inside of, inside of Texas. It's impossible. Right, let's go on to the next thing here. Let me just show you how it's all tied together. Uh, Mike uh, Ben's tweet. Fun fact, Yul Roth, Yul Roth former uh, content coordinator, basically ran Twitter under Jack Dorsey was Yul Roth. He's the one who banned accounts. He's the one who said that you had harmful content. He's the one who suspended you. He's the one who suspended only conservatives and never liberals. And I won't even call them liberals because they're not liberals, they're leftists. That's who Yoel Roth is, content coordinator, content, what would it be called, Aaron? Like content mitigator, content, yeah, it was, there's like a, a It was like a, a Twitter safety and um, yeah, something, something else. Yeah, Twitter safety, whatever. See if you can find his old, his old title. Trust and safety department. Yeah, see if you can find it, though. Fun fact, Yoel Roth is currently a fellow at the same place run for seven years by the current head of the CIA. By the current head of the CIA, look at the picture. Put, put the first pick up for me. Here's Joel Roth. He's part of now the Carnegie Endowment of International Peace. <laughs> I love their names. Head of Twitter's Trust and Safety Department. Awesome. That's who Joel Roth was. So he is the one who took down the New York Post thing, New York Post article on the Hunter Biden laptop, just so you know. So now he's part of the Con- Carnegie Endowment. Uh, now, yeah, thank you, Will. Carnegie Endowment for the in- of International Peace. Now, who used to run that program? Well, let's go. Go to the next one for me. The current head of the CIA. But it's all just, all these things are coincidence. Yep. All these things where you have 51 former intel chiefs, one of which is John Brennan, who was the head of the CIA, who took down the Hunter, who all, who all came together and swore that it was Russian disinformation. They're not all leftists working together or anything, are they? Where you have... <laughs> people flowing from intel agencies to social media to social media to intel agencies all working to take down conservative messaging it can't all be a coordinated effort that's tinfoil hat conspiracy theory isn't it <laughs> well no because here's a the exact same carnegie peace institute that yo roth is working for now 
Okay, was run by William Joseph Burns, is an American diplomat who has served as director, of the, who, who has served as director of the Central Intelligence Agency in the Biden administration since March 19th, 2021. They're all in it together. They all know each other. They're all in this together. The CIA is nothing more than an enforcement wing. The FBI is nothing more than the enforcement wing of the globalist, leftist, bourgeois, elitist, new world order. That's it. Understand that. Go to the next one for me, Will. Mario Newfall. Just so you know how it works here. Mario Newfall tweet. There are currently, currently, currently 15 ex-FBI agents. Now, this is this is from last year, but how much, I mean, some of this has changed as far as Twitter's concerned, hopefully with Elon Musk firing about 75% of their staff. But, but back when uh, uh, Yoel Roth was running things, this is how it was. They are current, there are currently 15 ex-FBI CIA agents working at Twitter right now at executive positions. Meta slash, Meta, Meta slash Facebook has over 60, 60. Now, they're still there, and they probably increased on this. Yeah. 60 ex-FBI CIA agents. And you think that the FBI is working for justice, is working on your behalf, is, on work, is, is working to keep, your, your, to keep you safe, to... Usher in safety into America for law enforcement, enforcing laws. No, they are there. They are simply there to implement, to help implement leftist ideologies into America, leftist policies into America, to keep leftists being elected over and over again. That's what the FBI is doing. That's it. That's what the CIA is doing. We can just use individual topics. The FBI and CIA are all about the perpetuation of CRT, DEI, transgender narratives, abortions, communism, socialism, high tax rates, the crushing of the American economy, the Ukraine war, COVID policies. The CIA was in on the COVID policies. Yep. Where we found out that six CIA agents, six CIA scientists, were tasked with finding out whether or not this was a Lab-borne virus or naturally occurring virus, COVID-19, five out of six or six out of seven, can't remember which, I think it's six out of seven. So there's seven scientists tasks. Six out of seven said, you know what, it's lab-borne. They send Anthony Fauci into the building and all six then changed their report after being bought off with cash and called it naturally occurring. All six one out of the seven said it was naturally occurring because he's already bought and paid for. But it's the six who said that it was lab-born, that was lab-made, man-made. They were all bought off and then changed their story, changed, uh, changed their research papers, changed their proclamation after they were visited by Anthony Fauci and given large sums of cash. That's an absolute fact. That's what's been reported. Should I, should I say it's an absolute fact? Well, that I'm saying it's abs, absolute fact that it's that 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 is what has been reported. Right. That's the truth. Uh, let's go to the next one. The Blaze tweet. I just wanted to show you this because <laughs> <laughs> this is all things Biden right now. This is a communi- This is this is a communications director for the U.S. Department of the Interior. Look at this guy. I just had to show you this. You're like Tom. That's judgmental. I don't care. He's a dude. He looks like. He looks like he's emerged from a gay discotheque in 1971. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Bathhouses. <laughs> yeah, like Joe Biden says, bathhouses. 
That's what he looks like. And this is this is who's like running the country right now. And boy, <laughs> we could just do one right after another, whether it's Richard Levine or the rest of them. We could just go right through it. But well, we'll do that right now. Let's go to this now. I have to show you this video. I don't always show these. A lot of these I just keep for the post game, but it was too good to have to show you because it actually shows you and illustrates prices before the Biden administration and prices during the Biden administration. Wall Street Silver video. This guy walking around Costco shares examples of food inflation that are way higher than the numbers reported for food inflation by the government. Play for me, Will. So I'm walking around Costco here and I'm noticing these prices. For example, these Madras lentils, $15.99. I bought those a year ago for $6.99. I keep getting told that we got, you know, 6 7% inflation. You gotta be kidding me. Let's look at what else we got going on here. We literally bought this chicken broth, $5.69, two months ago. Dang, this is the flour we were buying for $5.99 last year. Butter for $14? <laughs> Jeez. Mayo used to be $4.99. Now it's $9.99. It's not up 7%. And then what you'll hear out of Fox News is it's up 20%. It's actually up 75%. Your grocery bill has actually gone up 75%. So you need to understand something. 40-year mortgages, for, I mean, 40, we are at a 40-year, these are the stats that I've gotten, 40-year high in inflation, 40-year high in inflation, 23-year high in mortgage rates. This all occurred after Joe Biden took office. 19.7% increase in groceries, but as we're seeing, it's far higher than that. 73% of the country say that we're on the wrong track. Now, if you want to follow a true uh, eco, uh, economist, statistician, follow a guy named Peter St. Ange on Twitter. He's excellent. Excellent. And one of the things that he's come out with recently is what's happening is, is all of these government economists, and I can't remember the name of the particular institution. It's the one that comes out. It's not the CBO. It's just come out with all the statistical uh, uh, economic data that comes out. What happens is, is they post fake numbers and then later, later retract those numbers. They later make these corrections. So they'll come out and say, and this is, this includes job numbers, this includes inf inflations, uh, inflation, uh, new jobs, amount of pe uh, labor participation rate, all those different things. They come out with all these fake numbers. I'll get the story together because I've got, I'll find it with Peter St. Ange. So I'll get you the statistical data. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics. That's it, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics, they put out all of these reports and they're actually fake. So they try, the, then they issue their retractions later it's retractions corrections whatever the word is yeah retraction retractions or, or is right, correction. but it's not the exact right word yeah so they bring they they bring, they then you know they they send out their corrections like a newspaper sends out their corrections all right like an editorial correction we missed this on you know on this particular story now the original story is always covered but the retractions and corrections are never covered yeah by anybody so they'll come out and say you know what Inflation fell by 0.3%. It actually went up by 0.3%. Yeah. You know, new jobs, you know, new job. We, now we cover this on the podcast because they put out, there was uh, 309,000 new jobs in the month of whatever. This is just a month or two ago. Turned out there's 109,000 new jobs. <laughs> that was the correction. Yeah. Nobody covers the correction. Exactly. They only cover the original so they can run the Goebbels propaganda. 
That's the true state of our economy. Just like I'm telling you the, the true state of the FBI, the true state of the CIA, that's the true state of our economy. Is that right there? It's all fake. It's fake. Everything's a lie. Remember that. Everything is a lie. That's why you can't keep Kevin McCarthy in there. He's a liar, perpetuating the lie. He'll do anything to keep the mill turning. Because he's, he's getting rich. He's getting famous. He's going to be you know, a, a professor somewhere after he retires. Or get on the board of Raytheon. He'll do anything to keep it going because the love of money is the root of all evil. He'll do anything. He'll lie, cheat, steal, say what he needs to say, whatever it is to keep it going. We have to deal in reality. The true, the true economy, I'm taking this from Peter St. Ange. The true economy always exposes these people. They'll say this, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, they'll say this, but Aaron and I and Will, we go to the store and we see reality. Yep. Mayo for 10 bucks? That's crazy. Mayo for <laughs> butter? For $14? For butter? That's the Biden economy. I mean, it really is. That's reality while they lie to you. What's amazing to me is, to me, I'd be like, of course it's that way because he's a socialist. And whenever you have socialism, you end up with Nicaragua. You, you end up with Venezuela. You end up with China. You end up with all with, with, with the USSR crashing economies and empty store shelves. Of course, of course, that to me is not surprising, so I'll vote against it. What's amazing is, is that Democrats are paying the same bills I am. With the average new home in America costs $416,000. That's, I mean, it's not even the average new home. It's the average house in America. That's the average home in America is $416,000. Democrats have to pay for that too. 97% of teachers in Sarasota County are Democrats. Where I'm sitting right now are Democrats. And they'll all vote it back in. How are you going to afford anything yep. as a teacher? You're making somewhere between fifty dollars and $100,000 a year probably. How are you going to afford a, how you, if, if you're a new teacher and you just love Joe Biden, you love Joe Biden. You'll do anything. You'll vote for Joe Biden. You'll bend over, spread your butt cheeks, vote for Joe Biden. Anything for Joe Biden. How are you going to buy a house and be making 50 grand a year as a brand new teacher when the average home cost is 416000 and way more expensive here in Sarasota County than that? You can't. You have no chance. But yet you'll continue to vote for them because they actually want you in 15-minute cities where they'll get you into your little cubicle, 1,000-square-foot, uh, uh, it's not even a condominium, uh, uh, I was going to say condominium complex, apartment complex owned by BlackRock yep. in your 15-minute city, yep. they'll actually make it like the railroad eventually. Well, you just live under CBDC currency run by BlackRock. You live in a BlackRock community. You'll get BlackRock CBDC currency, BlackRock vaccinations. You'll have no access to anything without your green card, your COVID pass, your Excelsior pass, whatever it may be. And you're only allowed to get that pass once you're 57 times vaccinated or great with transgender, DEI, ESG, and everything else on the left. You can't, you can't own a gun, can't vote for Trump, but you will not have access to the singular access point. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about with that, you just don't watch the podcast enough, keep watching it. <laughs> all right. Luke, let's go to this one, Will. Lucas Tomlinson video. D.C.'s mayor. I'm jumping all over the place right now because this is all, thing Demo all things Democrat, all things Biden. So here we go to D.C. mayor. This is Muriel Bowser, who, by the way, caused 1-6. Yep. Just so you know, I mean, if you want to really know what happened in 1-6, you had the Federal Bureau of Instigation on the ground using numerous G uh, NGOs and the CIA on the ground using numerous NGOs like the Patriot Front and those to instigate the crowd to commit crimes, Federal Bureau of Instigation. 
Not saying there weren't some numb nut MAGA people there. There was, there was. And I'm a MAGA person, but there's numb nut MAGA people too. If you got instigated into committing crimes there, you're a stupid idiot. Yep. You're smashing windows there and you're a MAGA person. How are you a pro-law enforcement person and smash windows in the Capitol? Come on, don't be stupid. Of course, does that mean you spent 10 years in prison, 20 years in prison, prison, Enrico Terrio, who wasn't even in D.C., 22 years in prison? No. Those are all, that's all Gestapo state tactics, of course. Police state, banana republic, uh, kangaroo court tactics. So Muriel Bowser, Donald Trump, offered her 10,000 National Guard troops to turn them down. Then we, of course, her own police department, we have it on video, one of her officers in the crowd instigating violence. Yep. One of her officers, D.C. Metro cop, in the crowd instigating violence, undercover. Weird, isn't it? It's like they all know each other again with one cumulative agenda. There, That's absolutely true. Mary Bowser is a globalist leftist. She just believes that globalist leftism will never touch her. She'll always live behind a wall. She'll always be... Uh, you know, guarded with guns. She doesn't realize that she's low tier and they'll get rid of her quickly also. She doesn't realize that. Oh, no, nobody on the left realizes that the totalitarian system that you love right now, that's censoring Republicans, banning Republicans, jailing, uh, jailing Republicans, arresting pro-lifers, burning down abortion clinics. I mean, abor- burning down pro-life clinics. There are no abortion clinics being burned down, if you notice. You're thrilled with that. You love the raid of Mar-a-Lago. You love that Trump's got 91 felony charges, all in blue districts, blue judges, and blue juries, and blue grand juries, and blue appellate courts. You love all of that. You love it. But you don't realize that it's going to turn on you. Because as soon as you're not a leftist enough, they'll turn on you. Or maybe you are leftist enough, but somebody wants your position. Somebody wants, you know, Letitia James is going to go after Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul is the white governor of New York. Letitia James is going to, how long will it be? Let's have, we'll have, we can have a panel discussion. I mean, let, let's put it, put yourself on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how long do you think it will be until Letitia James, let's put it in months. <sighs> Kathy Oka just won, so she's about a year and a half into being governor. So the real race will start sometime in 2024. When do you think that she's going to be called a racist by Letitia James? I think a year. Aaron's got a year, so Aaron's going September or October of 2024. Yeah. Will, what do you have? A year ago, Will, so Will's got the very end of 2024. Yeah. So right before they all run. So they're gonna, she's going to call a racist. Because that's exactly what Barack Hussein Obama did to Billy Clinton. Yep. So you don't think this totalitarianism is going to turn on you? Will you'll be falsely accused of crimes? Where your home will be raided by the Federal Bureau of Instigation? You don't think it will turn on you? It's like all the, the you're, you are living. It's like right now. We'll, hopefully, I don't know if so I'll get to it. <laughs> Probably no. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 923. How it's many a, slides am I in, Will? a lot of digging. I got four <laughs> slides in out of 40. <laughs> so it's like all the Chicago residents right now, they're up in arms. I don't, I don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. You can be up and then there's, there's, there's uh, conservatives that put out because Chicago residents are waking up. Bull crap. They vote. They're all upset because they're having all these illegal immigrants that are taking over. They had a football field and their football team got canceled. Because the illegal immigrant population is camping on their football field? Fact. <laughs> it was taken like eminent domain by the federal government. You voted for Brandon Johnson, Chicagoans. You voted for him. This is what you wanted. Why don't you enjoy the fruits of being a leftist? Why don't you enjoy the fruits of being a leftist, of voting for leftist politicians? Why aren't you enjoying this? You wanted open voters. You voted for it. So shut your mouth. Let them move into your house and enjoy your life. Yep. 
Shut your mouth. So D.C. Mayor, back to D.C. Mayor, uh, Muriel Bowser, 1-6 happened because of her. 1-6, she turned down the National Guard. Nancy Pelosi turned down the National Guard. Ray Epps had three phone calls to Nancy Pelosi's office prior to 1-6. Fact, why did they discuss that in the 1-6 committee? The non-select committee that erroneously and, and illegally arrested Steve Bannon. Why? So here's Lucas Thomason video. So D- this is off the subject, but D.C. Mayor's, D.C. Mayor says nation's capital is up to 400 cops short. 400 cops short in one of the most crime-ridden cities on the planet. Not in the United States, on the planet. On the planet. We have policies that make it difficult to recruit officers. It's so funny. It's, it's uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's not plausible deniability. Gosh, something detachment. I can't remember. But anyway, it's amazing to me how she's detached from the very fact that it's her policies. Cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Yep. It's amazing to me. Did you have to look that up? No. I couldn't remember it. Do you I just, remember it? Yeah, I just Could not remember. Cognitive dissonance. She says, we have policies that make it difficult to recruit new officers. What she says should say is, who's we? Got a mouse in your pocket, Muriel? What, who, who's we? She should say, I implemented policies that make it difficult to recruit new officers. Hence the reason, because she's been trying to defund the police. And you defund the police, and now you have rampant crime. Why are you not enjoying it? These are the policies that you advocate for. But just imagine having the cognitive dissonance to stand in front of a podium and say, we have policies. They're your policies. You implemented the policies. It should read, I have implemented policies that make it impossible to recruit new officers because who would want to work for Muriel Bowser? You do one wrong thing, you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. They're going to call you a racist no matter what you do, you can't stop shoplifting. You can't stop looting. If you try to stop any of them, you're a racist. And you'll be fired. Who, and once you get fired there, who's going to hire you? So who would ever work there? So here's Mario Bowser. Play for me, Will. We need more officers. We don't have the officers that we need. And sadly, we've lost three to 400 officers in the last four years. Um, we haven't had officers in our schools, and we have policies that make it difficult to create, recruit new officers. We've lost three to four hundred, three to four hundred officers in the last two to three years. Uh, Muriel, you were mayor the entire freaking time. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. And you put in the policies that make it impossible to hire new officers. Who would ever want to work for you, Muriel? You hate white people. You hate cops. Who would ever work for you? Black or white, who would ever work for you? Enjoy it. You wanted you wanted less police. I have videos of Muriel Bowser saying she wants to. Oh, it's not defunding. It's reallocating funds. Right. So you're gonna. It's not defunding the police. It's re- reallocating funds where you reallocate hundred million dollars off of your police force, which causes 150 officers to be fired. That's defunding the police. You can call it reallocating all you want. That's the games that Muriel Bowser's been playing for the entire two years. I'm glad Aaron thought of the word. Imagine the cognitive dissonance that you have to have to walk up to a podium and say, "We have lost 300." Three to four hundred officers over the last two to three years um, that you've been mayor. And we have policies that you put in place to make it impossible to hire new cops. 
And here's, here's the attitude. I actually should have found him a Muriel Bowser, but I'll just use Cori Bush instead. Here's Cori Bush, and this is remember this is what Democrats they they're they're trying to say now through that erroneous omnibus funding that we talked about earlier that Republicans want to defund the police, Republicans we want to defund the FBI. No, who really wants to defund the defund the police? Here's Cori Bush, play for me, will. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. So does she want cut? She want the she lives. She probably lives in D.C. at least part of the year. So I'm sure. I'm assuming she's fine with three to four hundred thousand, three hundred, three hundred to four hundred less cops. And this just reminds me of the uh, of the awesome uh, Terrence video right before the show. Play for him, Will. Hey, uh, Joe Biden. He he uh, support government chief. And y'all want to talk about you? Look at these documents. Look, look, look at this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It looked like they was in the in in the shit to me. Uh huh. So, uh, let's get something straight, okay? Okay, uh, leave Joe Biden alone, all right? Uh, come <laughs> I'm glad my, my team put it together for me. I didn't have that plan, but it was great. All right, so here you go. Let's go on to, now here's Larry Krasner. This End Wokeness video, Philly looting update from, from End Wokeness. Soros funded. The reason why Larry Krasner is in office in Philadelphia is because George Soros pays his campaign bills. So everybody knows. George Soros wants Larry Krasner in office, so Larry Krasner will not enforce law. Larry Krasner will not prosecute felons, so they have rampant crime in Philadelphia, so they have justification to come and confiscate your firearms. That's the point of it all. I've told you, it is all about the globalist one-world agenda to leverage you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point controlled by tyranny. One of those tactics is rampant crime. Rampant crime. That's why you have Krasner in Philadelphia, Fox in Chicago, Gascon in L.A. I can't remember who they are in Houston and Dallas and Jacksonville. They're, listen, uh, uh, I can't remember. Who, oh, uh, Fannie Willis in Atlanta. All of these. Now, Fannie Willis, I, I'm not sure about. I don't know her yet. But mo- the ones like Krasner, Soros funded. Fox, Chicago, Soros funded. Gascon, L.A., Soros funded. And there's 75 of them around, around the United States. And now Soros is going after sheriff's offices next to get Soros-funded sheriffs elected. That's what, that's what he's on and about doing. Because you can, issue, then you, can, you can bring in, you can usher in lawlessness. Let's just use gun crime. You have rampant gun crime happening in all of these leftist cities where you have lefted, leftist Soros bought and paid for district attorneys. So you have rampant gun crime that they refuse to prosecute. So now they have the moniker of, they can come out and put banners up that say, we have horrible gun crime, horrible gun crime. So now we need to take away everybody's guns. That's the point of all of this. That's one of the tactics of leveraging you into a one world commerce system. How much can they leverage you when you're armed? Yeah. That's why Australia made sure that 96% of Australia is vaccinated. They have COVID totalitarianism, socialism, Belt and Road initiatives being ushered in um, from the CCP, all happening in Australia. There ain't nothing you can do about it. They don't have any guns. 
Second Amendment is there not to shoot deer. The Second Amendment is there to fight off government tyranny. Government tyranny. So they're going after your guns with this lawlessness. So they'll say, you know what? We have this horrible lawlessness in Philadelphia, LA, Chicago, Atlanta. We have all of this horrible lawlessness. So you know, we had better come in. We're going to do sweeping reforms, sweeping laws. I mean, Grisham out of New Mexico just tried it. She lost, but she tried it to outlaw all gun carrying concealed or open carry inside of the city of Albuquerque. She just tried it. Yeah. That's the governor of New Mexico. She just tried it and she lost and she even lost in a democratic party controlled court. <laughs> so they're not ready yet. Even, even some Democrats aren't ready yet because even because here's the thing you may love Krasner just got reelected a year ago. You may love it. They'll say, Oh good. It's a leftist. Okay. But we just had in two separate cities, leftist activists murdered, one on the streets of New York, which we just showed, another in his own apartment. Leftist, gun-grabbing, Soros-supporting, Soros, uh, Soros-DA-supporting leftist pundits that were killed in their own homes. You can, you can love that a leftist is, is in control. And you get to all pretend that you have this great virtue. We want everybody to have second chances. We don't want anybody prosecuted until you get stabbed on the street or until your daughter gets raped. We love the open borders. And now all the Chicagoans are hating it. Why? Because you can't hide from the, the policies that you love. If they're, if they're instituted, if they're put in place, they're coming for you too. So some leftists are saying we can't take the lawlessness. That's why Grisham lost in a Democrat-controlled court. But Krasner doesn't prosecute anything. And again, this is all on purpose to come after your guns. So they can say there's rampant gun crime, which gives them justification to take away the guns of lawful gun owners. That's right. So here it is. End uh, this video. Philly looting update. Here's Krasner. Play it for me. I'm not going to let any judge disturb the peace of this city. The DA calls it individual justice and says everyone involved in the looting will be looked at on a case-by-case basis. We'll look carefully to see whether this is a one-off situation and they're fundamentally law-abiding people, hold them accountable one way, or whether they are criminals and they're all about taking advantage. And Aaron just said, we'll do that with Jan 6 then. They're fundamentally, law, fundamentally law-abiding citizens. And I'm assuming that you're going to let everybody off on what Jan 6 do since they didn't even steal anything. Yeah. They didn't steal a daggum thing. At most, they, they, most of them was unlawful parading or trespassing. That's it. So if you're going to apply that rule, then let's make sure we apply it to 1-6. So you have to find out whether these people are genuine, genuinely, uh, generally law-abiding citizens or not when they're doing mass looting. Listen, if you're mass looting... You're generally not law-abiding. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can make that. I think we can make that assumption. Mostly peaceful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah mostly peaceful protests. There we go again. But that's it's all on purpose with Krasner. And he he said we're not going to let any judge destroy the peace of the city. What peace? What? What? We, I could show you right now. Just from the TLP archives, hours of footage from Philadelphia. It is not peaceful. It is a crime-ridden, feces-filled, urine-filled, drug needles laying everywhere cesspool under Larry Krasner. But yet the Democrats will continue to vote it in because, as Dan Bongino says, it's not bad enough. Chicago, for Chicago people, it's suddenly gotten bad enough. 
because their own neighborhoods are being raided by their own policies, which is illegal immigrants. All right, Dom Lucre video, breaking controversial zero bail policy takes effect in Los Angeles, Gavin Newsom's California. Play for me, Will. Video and tell you here, this new zero bail policy will be a shift in how the court system deals with people who are arrested and how long they stay in custody. Under the policy, officers will have three options for a suspect's release. One of those options, the suspect could be cited and released immediately depending on the crime. On Friday, a dozen cities in LA County announced a lawsuit spearheaded by the city of Whittier. They're hoping to block the zero bail policy or at least postpone implementation. As we mentioned, one of those cities in the lawsuit is Glendora. We spoke to that Glendora police captain about what this policy will mean for local policing as well as a local business. Gavin Newsom's California. And as I said, when he runs for president, because he's going to, Joe Biden will bail out sometime next year, early next year or late this year. Joe Biden will bail out. Gavin Newsom will be running for the Democratic Party. If I'm wrong, I'll come out and say it. Unlike the COVID-caving pastors, the COVID-caving conservatives, the COVID-caving cowards, I will come out and say I was wrong. The vaccine pimps and whores who advocated that it was a transmission-stopping, infection-stopping vaccine, come out, they're wrong. Doesn't hurt anybody. Come out, they were totally, completely wrong. Killed, it's killed millions of people so far. Infirmed millions of people so far. They won't come out and say they're wrong. If, if Newsom doesn't run for run for president, I'll actually come out and say that I'm wrong. But what needs to happen is when he does run for president, one video after another, just like that, because that is Gavin Newsom's California, where you have cash-free bail. That means that basically, unless you uh, murder 12 people, you're out that day. That's it. So you're in there looting like that. You're going to be out that day. It's no cash bail. Anybody can get out. There's a reason why you have cash bail, because if you're looting, you probably have no money, so, it's pro so you probably won't be able to pay cash bail. So you get to sit in there until first appearance. You get to sit in there until your trial or until you plea out. That's the right way to do things. Cash bail actually keeps people who are broke in jail. If, and a lot of people who are broke are the ones committing crimes. They should be sitting in jail. Now, that's just not fair, Tom. People are, why, why, is it, why, would, it, why would it not be fair? If you committed a crime and you don't have any money, you knew that it was, you had to pay cash to get out. Well, how is it not fair? If you're in there and you're looting, did you see that one video where you have a guy shooting uh, cap stun in the security guy's face as they loot the jewelry store? Oh, yeah. That guy's out that day in Gavin Newsom's California because there's no cash bail because he'd probably have a, a $100,000 bond and you have to come up with ten grand. Not anymore. Not in Gavin Newsom's L.A. By the, way, by the way, that's L.A. Who's in charge of L.A.? That would be Soros bought and paid for George Gascon, yep. the district attorney. That's his policies. He's the chief law enforcement officer in L.A. Boy, it's scary to say somebody's a law enforcement officer like Letitia James. She's a law enforcement officer who's never, never handled a police call in her life and is nothing more than a Democratic Party activist. All right, now here's, here's a list I got from the Men's Journal. From Men's Journal. The top... 20 most avoidable cities. Here they are. Now, think about this if you vote, if, 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 you, if you're a Democrat and you vote Democrat. Think of this if you vote Democrat. Because let, let's just see how many of these cities are Republican, shall we? The top 20 most, avail, most avoidable cities. Number one, Detroit, 22.5%. Chicago, 21.7%. Brandon Johnson. Atlanta, Georgia. Fannie Willis. Uh, 18 point, uh, 18.47%. I'll stop with the percentages. New York City, number four, 
Baltimore, number five. So top five, we've yet to hit a Republican city. Anaheim, California, capital of California. Oh, no, it's Sacramento. Anaheim, California, number six. Number seven, San Francisco, California. So, so far in the top seven, we have two of Gavin Newsom's cities. <laughs> number eight, Austin, Texas. Red State, Blue City. That's right. Miami, Florida, first Republican mayor on the list, but still a very blue city. Dallas, Texas, blue city. Jacksonville, Florida, Democratic mayor, red state, Democratic area. Los Angeles, California. So in the top 12, 12, 12, Gavin Newsom has three. Number, number 13, Houston, Texas, blue city, red state. Number 14, here's Gavin Newsom's fourth showing in the top 15. No, wait a minute. Oh, oh, no, here. Oh, so San, uh, San Jose is number 14. Sacramento is number 15. So we have five of Gavin Newsom's cities in the top 15. And he's running for, he's running, uh, for president. Tampa, Florida. Sorry. <laughs> blue city. Yeah. Red state. Run by a blue mayor. Her name is Jane Castro, believe it or not. Or Castor. Maybe it's Castor. Cast- I don't know. Castor or Castor. Lesbian mayor of Tampa. Las Vegas, Nevada. Blue city. Blue state. Portland, Oregon, of course. And here comes Gascon. I mean, here comes Larry Krasner, Philadelphia, PA. I can't believe that's only 19. And Washington, D.C., of course, tops out the top 20 most avoidable cities in the country. All right, go to the next one for me. Nick Shorter tweet. Breaking California Governor Gavin Newsom has just signed a bill banning hand-counting ballots in most elections. So let's cover some of Gavin Newsom's legislative accomplishments over the course of 2022 and 2023, shall we? Let's do that. Number one on the list, I'll do my own now, number one through number three list here. Number one is he lowered the criminal penalties for those who sodomize 14-year-olds, along with state congressman something-something Wiener. Scott. Scott Wiener. Yep. Something Wiener. Yeah, Scott Wiener. So Gavin Newsom and Scott Wiener got together. So you got Wiener and, and, uh, and Newsom together, making sure that they lower the criminal penalties for anybody who rapes anally a 14-year-old inside of the state of California. Number two, it's either passed already or it's going to be passed that you can murder your own baby 28 days after he or she is born. That's Gavin Newsom, both of those. So sodomizing 14-year-olds, Gavi loves that. Murdering your 26, 27-year-old baby, 27-day-old baby, Gavin Newsom loves that. That's who Gavin Newsom is. And now he is eliminating the ability to hand count ballots. Why would that be? It's almost as, as if he wants election corruption. So it all is Dominion voting machines that are manipulated via the internet. It's almost as if that's what he wants. Weird, isn't it? Very strange. So I just want you to know what the fu- future presidential container um, competitor is all uh, is on and about doing. So let me cover this with you. So here, I want to show you this. Now, we went over this um, yesterday with, with Judge Arthur uh, Engeron, if I'm pronouncing correctly. Well, I wanted to show you. Now, this is his chief law clerk. This is who's running the Trump trial. The Letitia James fraudulent tax fraud, not tax fraud. Uh, I can't remember what, what the title would be. It's not tax fraud. It's uh, basically Trump was infl- he's claiming she, that he was committing civil fraud by inflating real estate numbers. That's what she's claiming. There's no complainant in the case. 
No bank has come forward because all the banks were repaid in full. Paid in full. He was getting loans from banks based on real estate numbers that he was giving banks. She's saying that they were fraudulent numbers, that he was inflating the values of the properties that he was getting loans for. What does it matter if he paid back all the money? And not one bank, there is no victim. There's no victim. Zero. No victim. Nobody came forward. This is just Letitia James saying, you know what, let's see now. Uh, this is, I, I'm not saying that this is the case, but Trump Tower, he... He uh, valued Trump Tower at $17 billion, and it was actually worth $16.4 billion. See, right there, that's 400 she, He overvalued it by half a billion dollars. And a bank actually gave him the money. And then he paid back the bank, but yet he still did that for just a second. Right? That, that's what she's saying that he did. It's the same thing with the, with the Alvin Bragg fa- fake Fake charges too. Absolutely the same, which I don't have time to get into right now. But this is the law clerk. Now, the one who's running this show trial, this Banana Republic trial, and you've seen, you've probably seen the video that's made its way around social media, where you have Arthur Engeron going around talking about how he will supersede juries. He's gone out and said, he, he actually, you can find it. Pull it up on Twitter right now. Pull it up on Google right now. Arthur Engeron, who's in charge of this fraudulent fraud trial, is a Democratic Party activist himself, has gone around and said that his own emotions do play a part in whether or not he overturns jury verdicts. <laughs> his emotions do. That's, in, that's who's in charge of somebody's multi-billion dollar fraud, civil fraud case. And remember, we played the video with Letitia James campaigning on the fact that she was going after Donald Trump. Yep. And this is the chief law enforcement officer. You're supposed to be unbiased if you're Letitia James. You're supposed to be unbiased if you're Merrick Garland or Lisa Monaco or Christopher Wray. You can't be a Democratic Party activist nor a Republican Party activist. And like I've said on the show the past couple weeks, it's basically anybody who holds a, a, a powerful law enforcement position should not be a political activist at all. You can, of course, vote for the, the candidate that you want to vote for. That's perfectly fine. But you can't be an activist. So here's Arthur Engeron's chief chief clerk. This is the one who does all the work for him. Who? What is she all about? And Aaron, I forgot to get her name. I didn't even get her name. See if you can find her name for me so I can put yeah. that out there. Just look up. Arthur Engeron. It's E-N-G-O-R-O-N. Arthur Engeron, chief clerk. You'll get her name. It's Allison, all over Twitter. Allison Greenfield. Allison Greenfield. Okay, I knew yep. there was a Greenfield on there. Okay, yep. if I don't remember Allison, you remember because you'll always remember. Yep. So here's Allison Greenfield, who is now is the chief clerk for the judge who is willing to overturn jury verdicts based on his premenstrual emotions. <laughs> You're welcome. My <laughs> wife can't stand it when I talk like that. She's sitting right behind me. So according, he's, I just you know sometimes juries are wrong. So whenever they're wrong, I'd, just according to my own emotions, like some days I feel like a woman, some days I feel like a man. So on my premenstrual days, I just overcome <laughs> over, overturn jury verdicts based on my emotions. He does talk like that, by the way. I mean, not with a lisp. That was my own, <laughs> but that's my own addition. But here's his chief law law clerk, Allison Greenfield. Look at look at what she. So here she is with Chuck Schumer now. I want to ask the Democrats that are watching, 725 people on, if you're watching on any other platform, switch to Rumble. Um, if you are a Democrat, no, 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 I'll ask Republicans, it doesn't matter. 
It's so all go Republican first. Of course, out of 725, probably 724 are Republicans watching. <laughs> if you're a Republican, would you feel comfortable in this court? Now, because there's still Republicans who are like, you know what, I trust the judicial system and, you know, the 91 felony counts, they, you know, it did go through ju uh, juries and it did go through grand juries. And, and you know, I just say you have to trust the system. Bull crap. No way. They're, they're, taking, they're taking every single case, whether it's Alex Jones, whether it's General Mike Flynn, whether it's Roger Stone, whether it's Peter Navarro or Steve Bannon or Donald Trump, hauling them in front of blue judges and blue jurisdictions with blue juries and blue appellate courts and blue prosecutors. They don't bring them anywhere else. Trump's not being charged in, in, in uh, Macon, Georgia. He's being charged in blue-controlled, blue judges, blue juries, blue prosecutors, Soros mayors, Soros prosecutors in Atlanta. Fannie Willis. Because it doesn't matter what you do. And I know I say this all the time, and some of you probably getting sick of it. But there is no backstop to you being found guilty there. Why would a blue judge find you innocent? Why would he find you innocent? Blue judge, blue jury, blue prosecutor. How, how are you going to be found innocent there? I mean, you need to remember, Steve Bannon, and I know I talk about this all the time, because as a law enforcement officer myself for 25 years, Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, it absolutely blows my mind how anybody could sleep could sleep at night, how anybody could live with themselves, look themselves in the mirror, and just not be absolutely just destroyed by an active conscience. If you're on the jury for the Steve Bannon case, and it's like, okay, first of all, he wasn't allowed to present a defense. Either is Donald Trump, by the way. That, that's that's a very and that either was Alex Jones, by the way. But you're in the Steve Bannon case, and you're, bringing, you're, you're being charged with obstruction of Congress. So this would be under Matthew Graves, who refused to prosecute Hunter Biden for tax evasion. Don't have time to get into that. See, every, time I, every time I talk about something, I want to go down a five-minute tributary. Because <laughs> I feel like you need to be informed, but that's being obsessive-compulsive, isn't it? Okay, so I can't do it. <laughs> so i got to watch it. So you're sitting there on the jury for Steve Bannon, and he's been arrested and charged with obstruction of Congress because he refused to comply with a subpoena from the 1-6 committee. The 1-6 select committee. Now, it has to be a select committee in order to qualify the committee to issue subpoenas. Everybody keep that in mind. Yeah. So, the minority leader at the time, this is before Kevin McCarthy was the Speaker of the House, he was the minority leader. He was not allowed to put Jim Banks. I finally remembered Banks. Yeah, Jim Aaron Banks. always has to remember it. Yeah. Always has to remember. Jim Banks and Jim Jordan on the committee. Right. It's a select committee. So the minority gets to put on their minority numbers, and the majority gets to put on their majority numbers. It's actually five to two. So in order for it to be a qualify as a select committee, which then qualifies you to issue subpoenas. If you're not a select committee, you cannot issue subpoenas lawfully. You can't. Yeah. Okay. So he, so McCarthy picks, rightfully so, Jim Jordan, this is the 1-6 committee to look into all things 1-6, although they looked into nothing 1-6 that had anything to do with what caused 1-6. Again, see, that's one of those tributaries that I go on now. I can do this for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> that's true. They didn't do any of that. So it has to be, so Jim Banks and Jim Jordan have to be allowed on the committee because those were Kevin McCarthy's selections. Nancy Pelosi just arbitrarily said, no, 
unilaterally said no, just broke the law and said no. Okay? So you're on the jury for Steve Bannon. So now it's no longer a select committee. And then she installs Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. So then they subpoena the select, this now unselect select committee subpoenas Steve Bannon. I should have been an attorney. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Subpoenas, <laughs> subpoenas Steve Bannon with an unlawful subpoena. He doesn't respond to the subpoena. He refuses to comply with the subpoena. So he's arrested for not complying with an unlawful subpoena and is convicted of not complying with an unlawful subpoena. He's convicted of <laughs> obstruction of Congress for not complying with a subpoena that Congress wasn't allowed to issue. Yeah. You're like, how could that ever happen? This was presented at court because it's a blue judge. The judge should have thrown it out. You got, wait a minute. It's called fruit of the poisonous tree in law enforcement. It's like if you do an illegal search and you find something illegal during the illegal search, all that evidence is thrown out. You don't get a conviction for, even if the person was in possession of illegal material, if you searched illegally, they, by the law, are not in possession of illegal material. Yeah. So the judge knew right then, this is a blue judge, blue jury, blue grand jury, blue appellate court. The judge knew that it was an unlawful subpoena at the very beginning, should have thrown it out, just like you would throw it out in an illegal search. Didn't. That was told to the jury. They still convicted him. They, they convicted him of not complying with a subpoena that was not allowed to be issued. He gets sentenced sometime sooner. It's coming up. So back to where I was, Will, chief clerk for Android. What's her name again? Allison? Allison. Allison Greenfield. Here she is. Here she writing on, I don't know what, what do you think social media posts is? What kind of social It looks media? like Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. So thrilled to attend the Chelsea Reform Democratic Club Founders Brunch. Now, would you feel comfortable if you were a Republican and this was the chief clerk of the judge? No. <laughs> and you are, you are, so this is the judge that you are being tried by. You're being tried by this judge. Would you feel comfortable if this is his law clerk and you're Donald Trump or any Republican? Go to the next one for me. Here she is at this one now. Uh, so thrilled to attend the Chelsea Reform uh, Democratic Founders Brunch. I'm just reading more of it this time. Today, honoring incredible, fearless, lifelong public service. There she is with another Democratic Party activist. Go to the next one for me. Here she is, endorsed by Grand Street Democrats. Grant, now, this is who's in charge, basically, of Donald Trump's trial. Ugh. So this is the chief clerk for the judge. Go to the next one for me, Will. And here she is. Channel your rage into action. Here she is, Allison Greenfield again. Tuesday, May 3rd, Foley, uh, uh, Foley uh, Square, New York City. Wear green, abortionist health care, bans off our bodies. That's who's in charge of Trump's trial. That's the state of the judicial system inside of our country right now. That's the state of the court system inside of our country right now. Let me show you this. Change the subjects a little bit. Going to 1-6. Glenn Beck video, um, TP4USA, at TP4USA. I don't know who that is. Turning point. Is that turning point? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Tells me he found evidence in January 6th, CCTV footage. Another reason why McCarthy needed to be kicked out is what? He promised to release the 15,000 hours of J6 footage. Um, let's see, what's the date today? October 4th or 5th? 5th. Today's yeah. October 5th, 2023. Kevin McCarthy has been... The, uh, the Speaker of the House since at least January 20th. I'm not sure whether they take over 620, whatever it may be, somewhere in But he's been the Speaker of the House for 10 months. Um, where's that 15,000 hours worth of video footage? Why can't we see it? How would that impede any investigations at this point? Yeah. 
Because if we see it, remember Kevin McCarthy's on the record saying that the Ashley Babbitt shooting was justified by Michael Byrd, who's now been promoted to captain, by the way, who left his gun in a bathroom. He's been promoted to captain. Just let you know. Shot an unarmed woman because he couldn't see her hands. That's why you don't shoot people. Again, I could spend 30 minutes on use of force now. <laughs> 25 years in law enforcement, I know the use of force matrix taught to me in detail by the training section at the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office. So here, here let me get to the point here. I, I, again, I could, just spend thir- I could spend 30 minutes on how Michael Birch should never have shot Ashley Babbitt. I mean, give me a break. It's hard for me not to, but I'm not going to do it. Tells me he found evidence. I wish I had the guy's name. Maybe they'll use it. Evidence, as I don't like just using people's at TPC4USA. Footage that Nancy Pelosi's head of security committed perjury. Now, we've covered this before, and I've got to get the names of these people and get the specific perjuries because we've, we, we put out the story, we show you the video, we talk about it, and then I let them off the hook, sort of, because I never talk about them again. I'm going to need to have a list of the Capitol Police officers that have perjured themselves on the stand. Yeah. And imagine living with yourself, knowing that you lied under oath, you committed a crime as a law enforcement officer, just like the FBI committing campaign interference felonies and arresting people for campaign interference felonies. You're a Capitol Police officer perjuring yourself saying that things happened that didn't happen for sentence enhancements so that a person who would get an 18-month sentence gets a seven-year sentence based on your victimization statement. That's a bold-faced freaking lie. How do you live with yourself? How do you sleep at night? How does your conscience not drive you crazy? Maybe that's why some of them killed themselves post-1-6. Because there was not one Capitol Police officer that killed themselves. I mean, that, that was killed. There was four, I think, that killed themselves. Yeah. There was none. There was really none that were even severely injured, just so everybody knows. But anyway, Nancy Pelosi's head of security committed perjury in his testimony against Oath, Oath Keepers. Watch this video from Glenn Beck. Play it for me. You had uh, permission to go into the 14,000 hours uh, of videotape. You knew what you were looking for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in the story, you knew what time it even happened because the testimony was gunshots, uh, you know, gunfire. Right. And so that marked it at a certain time when they they shot an innocent. So tell me about what you found, what the story was in the, the the testimony and then what you found on the tape. Well, the story in the testimony from special agent, now this is Capitol Police special agent David Lazarus, is that when he heard the gunshots at 243-244, broadcasted over the radio that shots had been fired, that he was down in the tunnels escorting senators towards the uh, Rayburn building to the other Senate uh, office buildings. And that's quite quite a long distance away from the House chamber where allegedly these shots were fired. He said at that moment at 244, he began turning around and heading back. Well, when we, because we knew what to look for, we immediately went there and we started working our way backwards and we found him in the tunnels at that time. The problem with it is that when he emerged from the Senate building tunnels in the subway system below the Capitol, and by the way, Glenn, these are videos that were never released to the defense attorneys this is- in this trial. This, if, if we were living in normal times, the people that had been convicted with 
any of the testimony in, 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 uh, revolving around these guys, yeah. they would be released. In, any other time in American history, they would be released because this is perjury. And somebody set this up. Somebody. And we're working on that trail as mm -hmm. well. Good. But going back to Lazarus, so he emerges and comes back into camera frame on the Capitol TVs with absolute proof of the exact time down to the second of when he emerged back into camera. He even passes under an analog clock in the subway at mm -hmm. exactly this moment. And it's at 2.48 p.m. when he finally reaches the other side of the tunnels from the Senate office buildings. And when that happens, the Oath Keeper... Officer Dunn encounter is almost already over by then. He's nowhere near it, and he still has a long way to go. And then we were able to triangulate because, you know, he, he'll go out of camera frame for a while, then he'll enter camera frame again from another camera. Right. And then he's down another hall, and then he enters another hallway, and then he shows up on the Senate side. And then by the time he reaches the bottom of the stairs that lead up to uh, the rotunda, and it's in a little area that is variously called the mini rotunda or the speaker's lobby. Mm -hmm. When he reaches the bottom of those stairs, it's now 2.56.45 p.m., and the Oath Keepers are long gone. Okay, so now let me, let me give you the exact verbiage from the testimony in the court case. Lazarus, the guy you've just been talking about, explained that one rioter asked, who are you? Who are you? Then, according to the trial transcript, he testified. And, you know, one attempted to, uh, I mean, I had my lanyard on with my ID on it. And one, uh, they were videotaping, and one attempted to pull at my ID, and I was kind of like grabbed it back and, and looked to make sure it was still there. And then I saw an opening. So, so there was just kind of like I walked fast to get into the office and check on the staff again. He then detailed description of what took place, what Lazarus described as a very antagonistic in three or four times that he passed by these Oath Keepers. Every time I interacted or came by, yes, it was very antagonistic. He said this under oath. Um, when he was then shown in court... Uh, a, a video clip of four Oath Keepers standing in front of Dunn. Uh, Lazarus was asked, are these the individuals you observed? Yes, yes. At any point in these three or four interactions in this space, did you observe any sort of anything but antagonistic conversation? No, that's correct. Here's the problem. They were already out of the building. At the time we know him now on camera, we have the videotape, mm -hmm. the, the Oath Keepers have been gone for almost 10 minutes. It was, it was not quite 10 minutes. It was, but when, you, when you're in the Capitol uh, video room viewing this, we can, yeah. we can put multiple cameras up on the screen at the same time. And then we hit one button and it syncs all of those cameras oh my to gosh. the exact timeline. So we're able to watch... Lazarus moving through the building in one quadrant of the screen, and then we can watch when the Oath Keepers leave. So as the Oath Keepers leave, and they're walking back out through the rotunda, about to exit through the Columbus doors on the east side, it wasn't until that moment that finally Lazarus reaches that area where in great detail in the trial, and we have the trial transcripts, obviously, in great detail, he describes what he saw, and it just did not happen. 
So people went to prison or are going to prison based on Lazarus's testimony saying that he walked past, I just have to go through all of this. He walks past these oath keepers four times. That's what he testified to. Identified them via basically a court uh, photo lineup. Identifies them. People he never walked by once. People are going, listen, this is real deal. People are going to prison for years for this. Because I guarantee a Lazarus, his testimony is sentence enhancement testimony of his victimization. He was never in the area that he claimed that he was victimized in. Via complete and total exculpatory evidence video. How does this man live with himself? And, and I've been saying this, I'm actually one of the few that talks about this angle. Julie Kelly talks about it all the time. One of the key things that's missing from a lot of people's commentary on these 1-6 Banana Republic show trials is that exculpatory evidence, these 15,000 hours worth of video footage, just as an example, in this, in this case right here, the, this video evidence that shows that this victim was never in the area of the perpetrators. He's never anywhere near them. They were gone for almost 10 minutes before he ever arrived on the scene. That evidence was not allowed to be given to the alleged perpetrator's defense attorneys. So ridiculous. Based on what? How is this allowed? This is why we elect alleged conservative congressmen and women. Immediately you defund the DOJ when they are conducting Banana Republic, Hitler-style show trials. Do you realize that everybody who is denying exculpatory evidence to defense attorneys is committing felonies? And then arresting people for committing felonies? Convicting people of committing felonies while they are simultaneously committing felonies? You can't, what, what would be the justification? I've read the articles before about whatever their justification was. That it was, it was top, like they, they, one of the things was it was, it's, it's confidential information. Confidential? How, how can, so anything can be deemed confidential? So if I'm on trial for robbing a bank, and Aaron shot video of me on his iPhone, posted it on Instagram of the exact time and date that the, that the armed robbery occurred in Philadelphia. And Aaron and I and his wife and my wife and Will and his wife are all in the Bahamas that day shooting video. <laughs> so that can be deemed as a threat to national security and won't be given to my defense attorney? Ridiculous. And not only that, but it doesn't even have to be shown to a jury because the case should have been thrown out. Yeah, exactly. By show the judge then. Yeah. But the judge is probably Tanya Shutkin. And even if the, even if you show Tanya Shutkin evidence that the victim was not even in the area of the perpetrators at the time of the alleged crime, she'd still convict you of it. You're like, that can't be, Tom. That can't happen. What would stop it? If I'm leaving out anything on Aaron on this or Will, yeah, that, that makes this a better explanation, let me know. 
what would stop her from convicting you? What? The blue jury just convicted you, and now the blue judge is going to sentence you. What would stop it? Exculpatory evidence that wasn't given to your defense attorney? Even if it was given to the defense attorney, and they showed the blue jury in front of of the blue judge, they would still convict you of it, and she would still sentence you to five years in prison. Yep. You're like, that can't happen in America. What would stop it? Am I leaving? Can you think of anything? What would stop it? Nothing. Somebody's going to come. Who's going to come in and save you? You're in a court. You're in handcuffs. You're DC Metro who who are part of instigating 1-6 to begin with. And here's my last little thought on it. What this Lazarus, Lazarus victim saw was antagonistic conversation. That's the crime. People are going to prison for antagonistic conversation, and you leftists don't think this will turn on you? Your own leftist colleagues, your own uh, leftist collaborators, your own uh, people that are on your leftist side, they'll accuse you of antagonistic conversation and send you to prison for five years. If you, if they have, that's what, that's what, that's what uh, Letitia James is going to do to Kathy Oakle. You're a racist, and uh, we were together, and I sensed antagonistic conversation. Try her. What would stop? I'm going to ask, ask this question. How, how would Kathy Hochul stop Letitia James from trying and convicting her? Mm-hmm. She's bringing her in front of Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg files the PCA, which then goes in, in, in front of Judge Engeron with his law Kirk, Allison Greenfield. Who's going to stop you? Who's going to stop you from being convicted, Kathy Hochul? Nobody. Let me show you this on Ukraine real quick. Megatron tweet. The wife of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, it's not Vladimir, by the way, that's wrong, it's Voldemort. Elena spent more than $1 million on Cartier jewelry in New York, according to the nation. This happened when Zelensky was asking for money and weapons at the United Nations Assembly. Zelensky is already a billionaire. How is that possible when basically he was just a retrosexual actor? With the money of the taxpayers of the USA and and Europe, Neither he nor his relatives have ever uh, come close to the front where many young people lose their lives. There you go. just want you to know that that's happening. Kenny Webster tweet. Go to the next one for me, Will. Just wanted to show you this so everybody knows. Kenny Webster tweet. For the past 20 years, Marcy, that's Marcy Captor, Marcy's annual political donations never got much higher than $500,000 a year. So she she got, before she became pro-Ukraine, and that, by the way, that's a real sign that she put behind herself while she was speaking on the floor of Congress. <laughs> That's the truth, by the way. That's the absolute truth. Her annual political donations never got more than five. Never got more than five hundred thousand dollars. After becoming a huge supporter of the Ukraine war, they shot up seven hundred percent. Wow. I wonder why that is. Well, because Raytheon's funding the war. BlackRock's funding the war. The International Monetary Fund is funding the war. The Inter- International Monetary Fund given $25 million by Joe Biden, and now you have the Clinton Global Initiative, and you have J.B. Pritzker's wife and BlackRock doing the rebuild of Ukraine. Funny how the Ukraine's been burnt to the ground, and here comes the Clinton Global Initiative. And J.B. Pritzker's sister, J.B. Pritzker owns Hyatt, and now you have Hyatt on the ground. So they're going to be building hotels for everybody to live in there? I don't know. The lo and behold, they burn Ukraine to the ground. And I've got a whole, where is it? Buried here. Ukraine. I don't know where it is. Is this it? No. I've got a whole Ukraine uh, 
expose here that I keep not getting to, but it doesn't matter. It's timeless. About who's behind all, who's, who's doing all this, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't have time to get into it. But it's just really weird that they're burning burn Ukraine to the ground. And here comes an IMF donation. By the way, donation from you and I, our tax dollars, 25 uh, million, 25 billion, maybe. I can't remember which. I'll just go with million because it better be less than more. 25 million given to the IMF to start rebuilding Ukraine. And the IMF is working with the Clinton Global Initiative. It happens just to be on the scene. Remember what I've told you a bunch of times about the, the, Bill and Cl- the Bill and Hillary or the Clinton Foundation, the Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea Clinton Foundation, how they received 30, $39 million one year. They gave away $5 million. They spent all $39 million. They gave away to charity $5 million out of the $35 million. So it costs you, if you're a donator to the Clinton Foundation, $34 million to give away $5 million. That's a fact, by absolute fact. They're not, e- they're, not even, they're not even ashamed of it. That was just part of their tax returns for the foundation. They have it right there. It's right there. You can read it for yourself. $36.9 million came in, or 39 point something, or 39.6, whatever it was. $39 million came in. $5 million went to charity. And the rest of it was using $35 million to fly all over the globe in their private jets, yep. advocating for climate mitigations to give away the $5 million, spending $34 million to give away $5 million. That's exactly what's happening here. Told you it's a giant circle bleep. It's a giant symbiote where your taxpayer dollars go to NGOs, your taxpayer dollars going to Democrats who then give them the NGOs who then funnel it back to Democrats. That's all that this world is in the United States of America right now. Understand that. That's it. Look at this one. Natalie Winter's video, just some more. Democratic, Democrat politicians are now getting six-figure lobbying contracts from the Ukraine government. Play for me, Will. As a country collapses than they made on when the country was ascendant. Natalie Winters, walk through what you got for us on Ukraine the last couple of days. Sure, it's not just managed decline, it's accelerated decline. I said that yesterday and I stand by it. And two of the stories that we just put out today, I think really underscore that theory. I'll start with the first one, but a former Democratic Congressman, Jim Moran, who of course became a lobbyist uh, after leaving Washington, D.C., Believe it or not, one of his new clients as of about six days ago is the Ukrainian government. He's receiving $25,000 a month for at least a year to basically lobby his former colleagues to give them more foreign aid in the form of weapons, arms, and I'm sure billions of taxpayer dollars. But what's so curious is that I actually obtained the letter detailing the agreement between Moran Global Strategies um, and the Ukrainian government ministry showing uh, their their terms of work, the payment, And what's so interesting is that the payment you can see in red on the screen there, it's not actually coming from the government ministry. It's coming from a shady nonprofit that basically you can't even find online. You know, an investigative reporter, I can find almost about anything. There's absolutely no trace of this entity. It's a group very uh, innocuously named Ukraine Freedom. And that is who is funneling the money to this D.C.-based consulting firm, like I said, a former Democratic member of Congress, who's now making what will be at the end of the year, six figures, just lobbying his old colleagues to give Ukraine more taxpayer dollars. You always talk about- Just another example. It's a giant circle bleep. It is a giant symbiote. So he leaves Congress and now it's getting, so I guarantee you he was a Ukraine advocate in Congress. And now lo and behold, he gets hired by the Ukraine government with an untraceable Ukraine government NGO called Ukraine Freedom. And let me just tell you something about Natalie Winter. She's part of the uh, Bannon orbit, War Room, Bannon's War Room orbit. 
If Natalie Winters can't find it, it doesn't exist. Trust me. I listen to Natalie Winters via uh, Bannon's War Room all the time. And if she can't find it, nobody can find it. So now this Jim Moran, I told you it's a giant circle bleep. It's a giant symbiote. It's the Democratic Party, Democratic Party politicians funneling $600 million a year to Planned Parenthood or one, or two, three, four billion dollars to NGOs at the border, but I'll just use Planned Parenthood. Six hundred million dollars a year to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood spends four hundred fifty million dollars killing babies, and then sends one hundred fifty million dollars back to Eric Swalwell, Ilan Omar, AOC, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, and all the rest of the idiots, so for their campaign funds that they use as personal funds. So they be they enrich themselves via their campaign funds. Why Swalwell flies all over the globe in his private jet, advocating for climate mitigations. So this Jim Moran's doing the exact same thing. So while he advocates for Ukraine, the Ukrainians obviously. And it, why why does he advocate for Ukraine? Because Jim Moran cares about the Ukrainian people. No, he does it because he knows that after he advocates for Ukraine, after he gets out of Congress, that the Ukraine government will then hire him for twenty five thousand dollars a month. I could squeak by on twenty five thousand dollars a month. That would be nice. You know, <laughs> that's, that's only a portion of what he's getting. He's getting, I'm sure he has other clients too. So he knows while he's in Congress, if I advocate for Ukraine, then they're going to hire me. Giant circle bleep symbiote. So now he gets hired by Ukraine, free, Ukraine Freedom, untraceable Ukrainian government, Voldemar Zelensky NGO. He gets hired for them 20, by them for $25,000 a month to lobby his fellow Democrats and rhino Republicans to spend more money on Ukraine. See, it's a giant symbiote. It's all that they, that's all that these people are about. And most Republicans, Dan Bongino says this, most Republicans are Democrats. And there's not one Democrat that's a Republican. Remember that. So I just wanted to show you that, just what's going on with Ukraine. I've got an entire great Ukraine expose. I keep trying to get to it, but there's just been too many uh, new news pieces that pop up. I just have to show you that. It's the same thing. Lloyd Austin does the exact same thing. Lloyd Austin's in the federal government, secures contracts for Raytheon, so on purpose, because he knows that if he secures contracts for Raytheon, he'll be put on Raytheon's board. And that's exactly what happens. So then he gets put on Raytheon's board when he leaves the government. Then he gets hired by Joe Biden off of Raytheon's board to become the defense secretary, and then he secures more contracts for Raytheon. Where do you think he's going to go when Biden loses? In 2025, in 2024, or, 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 or doesn't run. Where do you think he's going to go? Anybody got a guess? Put yourselves on, guys. Where is Lloyd Austin going to go when he leaves the Department of Defense? Raytheon. 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 Yeah. He's going to go right back to Raytheon again. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll sit there and secure government contracts for Raytheon then via his contracts in the DOJ and wait for another Democrat to be elected and put back on as Defense Secretary. It's exactly what happens. It's all this world is about. The Waluki Memorial is great. Iwo Jima Memorial is great. Vietnam War Memorial is great. The Washington Memorial is great. It's all great. Love it. I'm a patriot. Love the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. But that's not what establishment D.C. is. Establishment D.C. are globalist, leftist, bourgeois elitists that have been bought off by the CCP, the PLA, and the WEF. It's as simple as that. It's a giant giant governmental circle bleep funded by the skids greased by your taxpayer dollars. That's it. That's really it. And we have to elect the right people. 20 minutes into overtime. Stick around, stick around. 721 people still on. Let's see how many we can keep. 
during the postgame. Watch all the postgame videos. We're going to run, I don't know, 5, 10, whatever minutes worth of videos to follow one right after another, no commentary. Great stuff. You got to see it. You got to see these videos. I pick, pluck them off of all, you know, off of off of Twitter. You've got to see them. They're fantastic. Stick around. Love you all. Back here Saturday night. Brief show. Saturday night, fifty six minutes of fury. Also on the Christian Television Network. Love you all. See you at ten thirty Saturday night. God bless you. Christians who are in these churches, these fake churches that don't preach the word of God, they think persecution means you're wrong. But what does the Word of God say in Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12? Blessed are you when people persecute you. Blessed are you when people speak evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 